Hello there, and thank you for listening to Founders Talk. I'm Adam Stachowiak, host of this podcast and editor-in-chief of ChangeLaw.com. I got a little bonus show for you today from episode 57 of Founders Talk with David Kramer, co-founder and CEO of Century. The full-length episode will be released later today, so check the feed and listen when that hits. I'm thinking about doing a short series focused on founders building their sales teams to grow and handle demands a startup requires. And if you have any feedback you'd like to share about that idea, or if you know someone with a sales team story to tell, get in touch, email me at adam at changelaw.com. But in the full length episode, we talk about sales, but what you're about to hear is a completely isolated conversation, not included in the episode, talking about sales with David and how they built their sales team. Enjoy. Sales is important. It's a big deal. Obviously, companies have to make money. Sure, you can get a lot of inbound opportunities and you can grow organically, but at some point, uh, sales and a sales team makes sense. And so I've always been curious to talk to somebody who's grown a successful sales team on what the steps were to do that. You may have not grown them before, so this is new territory for you, but what are some of the first or second steps into you know, understanding what a sales team should do and then and then hiring somebody to start that team? Is it one person, several? How did you do it? I wouldn't say we've gotten this right um, on our first pass. You know, we've had sales for about a year and a half now. The way we started, it was just like hire a salesperson, like right. an account executive as we, we call need them that. here. Right. Get that person in here. Yeah. And and I think that's always the way to start something is hire. Like what we say is what you should look for is somebody that's super hardworking, somebody that's willing to deal with the ups and downs, because that's what it's going to be starting a new function. Somebody you can trust, uh, somebody that's very smart, but they don't have to be like a leader, right? They just need to be like senior enough to know how to do the job and willing to try like really hard. And so we, we hired somebody early on sort of with that idea. And, you know, ultimately we grew a sales team around them. They, they you know, I, I don't think that first attempt worked all that well. You know, I think our major mistakes along the way were being too, Unlike myself, like I wasn't running the sales team, but unlike myself, like the sales team was more like, this is how sales functions, right? Which is a fine way to do it. But I think you have to be willing to throw away preconceived notions of how the world operates, right? Especially with our business, it's pretty different than enterprise software. And so that, that there was a lot of like flailing there. And I, you know, I think ultimately the best way that we could have addressed that was saying like, if something didn't work, just accept that it didn't work and try the next thing. And that to me has been an important learning lesson along the way. And there's a lot of things that I go into sales that I've learned to, that I've just come to understand over the years, but that's like team makeup. It's, it's how you set goals. It's uh, what is even the sales cycle. And recently we brought in a new sales leader and we actually had the opportunity to sit down and interview a lot of very, very talented people for this one. And we actually were able to bring in somebody that actually had direct experience sort of with developers and things like that. And that's actually been immensely valuable. Yeah. So like having somebody that really understood the space, especially as a leader. So if you can afford to spend that time or afford to hire somebody that's, you know, got a lot more tenure for me, it's, it's, uh, it's been a lot less stressful, I'll say. And so that was a very big deal, uh, in recent history here. In the main show, uh, or the full length show, you mentioned, inbound sales that uh, you don't your team doesn't do a lot of outbound they focus on the inbound to make sure that when opportunities come they're handled with flow process all that kind of stuff how is that type of sales environment different and why are you maybe not focusing on the outbound do you just have enough or plenty of inbound that outbound just isn't on the table at this point or or what frankly i just don't like cold emails like i as an individual 
And I, I don't want our organization to have to resort to those. Now, fortunately, we don't have to. We, so we have 30,000 customers these days. Not all of them pay us, but a lot do. Um, and that's a pretty big market share. Like if you throw a dart at like Silicon Valley, that company uses Century. That's very fortunate for wow. us, right? So, so we get a lot of inbound. Now there is a gray area. We get a lot of inbound, so we don't have to do this like cold call a company that's never heard of Century. But what we do have to do is say, hey, I'm just going to make up an organization. So, hey, uh, Walmart or something. You know, the I don't know the, <laughs> the automotive team is using Century. Can you introduce us to the what are the other departments like the the toys team or that's something? Right. right? Yeah, the toy team. Um, yeah, so we have to sort of figure out how we navigate, how we get across the organization. Yeah, yes. and that's actually a little bit cold sometimes. Like it's it's not as easy as you would think it is, right? And that's sort of like that is like the 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 core of the the challenge in the the sales motion of Century is how do we do that? And it isn't the same as sort of cold emailing or cold calling somebody. It's not like you're getting paid ten bucks per phone call you place or something. It is still a similar degree of challenging. And you still have to navigate that without, honestly, without making the customer mad. Like you don't want to reach out to somebody like me who just is infuriated by cold, like warrantless emails, right? So that's still a challenge that we have, but you know, it's, I think some of that's maturity, some of it's a, the style of product, you know, and like I said, we're fortunate to to have so much inbound interest and so much organic growth already that we, we are able to just sort of like solve that one problem. Is sales for... I assume this about sales. I've never ran a sales organization. I've been part of one. And every time I've ever been a part of one, I've always been either an option of some sort of draw or base salary or zero and straight commission. How do you decide that? What style of sales organization do you run? Ours runs off a standard comp model. So basically, uh, I don't know what the percentage breakdowns are, but I'm just going to say it's 50-50. So say half of your your, um, salary is just straight up like a normal salary as if you had a job, right? And then the other half of your salary is based on more or less how much you sell. So the way that works is, say you're given a target, like you are a salesperson and for this year, you need to sell a million dollars of Century. Uh, these aren't the numbers, I'm just making right, numbers. Right, these numbers. are round so, numbers. Um, yeah. So you need to sell a million dollars of Century, which means each quarter you need to sell $250,000 of Century. So if you say like, well, say I, I make $100,000 as a salesperson, 50% is salary, so 50 k um, and then 50% is what they call OT. Um, I forget what that actually stands for. Don't judge me. And then what that means is like, so say I'm supposed to sell 250 K. If I sell 250 K, I will get $50,000 in, in salary. If I sell 300 K, I might get like 75,000. Cause once you go over the quota, it's not necessarily like a one-to-one match. Sometimes you get paid a lot more for exceeding your quota. Sometimes you get paid less. And there might be some minimums, like you'll still get like 50% of your OT. So maybe you are guaranteed 25,000 or something, but that's generally how it works. It's like a percentage of the target you've set. Oh, actually it's called on target earnings, I believe, but it's a percentage of the target you've set is roughly how much of your salary you get paid. So keeping this, uh, keeping this within actionable things for a listener, what's the first step? How did you know? How do you know when to evolve from, you know, not a sales team to a, and I don't even know what not a sales team is because somebody's always selling. It's just a matter of if, if it's like their sole focus. How do you know when is the right time to establish an actual sales team and some and some goals and things like you've got here? So I think there's two kinds, right? There's one like you need to generate revenue. So like you know we have a lot of customers, so that's not really our case, right? But if if you have a product and nobody's buying it, you probably need a sales team or you need some some really complex marketing, but you probably need a sales team, right? 
And that's a very different motion. I won't go into that because I don't know anything about it. But for us, it's like, okay, we have customers that expect to talk to a salesperson. Instead, they're talking to like an engineer or the CEO. And our only job is to get them like to stop talking to us, right? Like go sign up and pay us money. Now, what we saw immediately with our sales team is the people that talk to them pay on the low end at least twice as much as they would pay with a credit card. And that's just because they, they generally want a little bit more service out of it or they want some kind of contract, right? And that was actually like a big turning point for us. So for us, it was like, okay, it's like customer support. We just need to service the needs of the, the inbound customers. And then it became, okay, what else could we do to grow customers? And what, kind of, what would that cost be? So that's when we got into like, well, like where do SDRs, which are sales development representatives, where do they fit in here? Where do like sales engineering and solution engineering fit in here and things like that? And like, what are the things that a customer is willing to pay for that'll take it from them paying us like $10,000 a year to them paying us like, you know, a million dollars a year? Like, what are those aspects? And actually, like, the sales team is pretty fundamental for figuring that out. Now, it's not just going to magically happen, of course. Um, you still have to maybe change your product, change your model, or just give up on the idea that maybe you can sell for a million dollars. But that, that's been a lot of the time spent for us, especially in recent history, is like, how do we go into new teams? You know, what kind of people are going to be most successful? And what's like a, a growth plan that's like backed by analytical numbers, right? So you don't just hire people sort of in the sales space or the customer support space. You sort of say, well, like, this is the demand we think is going to exist based on like this projection. Thus, we probably need to hire two more sales folks like in this quarter. And then if that doesn't work, you check it and you say, well, you know what? We didn't hit that number. So we probably don't need those two hires. That's definitely true. Maybe you don't need the hires. Maybe if uh, if the need isn't there, obviously, why would you hire, right? Well, listeners, thank you for tuning into this segment. I appreciate your time. If you enjoyed little bonus isolated clips that kind of go a little deeper into a subject that just didn't make quite sense to go that deep into, or if you've got feedback on my idea about doing a series on founders and their sales teams and how they built their teams to help them establish market fit and growth and all the necessary things a sales team does for an organization. Let me know. Email me, adam at changelaw.com. Stay tuned to the full-length episode hitting the feeds real soon. Thank you for being a subscriber, and I'll see you soon.